This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning. Welcome back. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual, with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you? Good. I uh, Looks like you're getting ready. Uh, you're wearing your uh, Blue Jay cap this morning, so the boys of summer are coming back. Uh, coming back in the, in the next couple of weeks, I uh, just want to let our listeners know... Uh, our lineup for today, uh, shortly after our first break, around 9.15, we'll be, having, uh, we'll be chatting with the coach, the golf coach of Adam Hadwin. Adam Hadwin's been, uh, been on fire on the PGA Tour, uh, had a, a really big day in his life this week, got married uh, on Friday, and uh, Ralph Bauer is his coach, and uh, we certainly want to talk to Ralph Bauer about uh, the great season that Adam Hadwin is having, and also Ralph uh, was a coach of uh, Golf Canada at the Olympics and is one of Canada's preeminent golf coaches. We're certainly thrilled to have him and chat with him. Also, in the middle of the hour, Butch Goring. Naz, uh, you know a little bit more about Butch Goring's resume. Uh, tell Four us a little... Stanley Cups and a great helmet. <laughs> and a great helmet. <laughs> so uh, I know you've been chatting with Butch, and you've lined up that interview, so... Uh, uh, Islanders are in the thick of a playoff race with the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins, and we're certainly uh, thrilled to ch- to uh, chat with uh, with Butch Goring about that. Yeah, uh, Butch is the uh, the color commentator for the Islanders, so he's really close to the team, and uh, should be a good interview. Should be great. Uh, anyways, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, had a fantastic week until except last night. Except for last night. Um, Naz, give us a recap. Well, they, they, they always play poorly in Buffalo, and they sure did last night. But one thing that's really bothersome about last night is that Anderson went down with a suspected concussion um, after, after the first period. So they don't, they don't have their goalie. They don't have their goalie. They're in deep trouble. Well, yeah, we, I'd, I'd hate to use that terminology, deep trouble, but I, I suspect you might be right there, Naz. Um, but they've all, you know, what it's it's an 82 game season. It's a long season. You're going to have a stinker every now and then. Uh, I I don't think they lost last night's game because uh, Anderson got hurt. Uh, they just didn't play very well, uh, mind you. You know, Anderson. What what you want at this time of year is a goaltender to steal games for you, uh, and that's the mark. That's the mark of a good team. A yeah. team that. Uh, you know, the, the, the teams that are at the top of the echelon, they can steal two points when you're not playing well. And it, that makes it if – and we don't know. I, uh, I mean, scouring the, the Twitterverse this morning, scouring the, uh, 
all the sites and whatever to try and get a better handle on... on uh, upper body injury. That's upper body are. injury. That's all they're saying so far. The speculation is a concussion. Uh, Naz, uh, I, did, I wasn't able to watch the game last night, um, but uh, you said at some point in the first period uh, you saw an altercation in the crease between Anderson and, and, and Evander Kane. Yeah, Evander Kane fell on him uh, awkwardly, right? And that's where it looks like it happened. And and, and from the reports that I read, uh, they assessed Anderson during the first period, and it was the Buffalo doctors who suggested to the uh, Leaf staff that uh, that he be held out. And uh, if that's the case, that probably is sounds like a concussion type thing. They. They put in the protocol, and once once the doctors, once the doctors say potential concussion, I don't think they have any any other any other choice yeah. uh, but to hold the player out because you can't you cannot have a player have two concussions in one game. That is that is a serious medical emergency, so you cannot put a player in that position. So, if it was a suspected concussion and it was a concussion, then uh, Thankfully, he didn't play the rest of the game, and hopefully it's not serious. Uh, the ramifications uh, are serious for the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. They are—Boston Bruins won last night, big game, Boston and the Islanders. Boston took two points, so they are now one point behind the Leafs, but the Leafs have one game in hand. The Leafs also have three points ahead of the New York Islanders, and they've played the equal number of games. How many games left in the schedule? There's eight, eight left for the Leafs. Eight. Eight left and in the... And they're four points. Uh, Tampa Bay is four points. And, so to, and uh, I know they've got a key game against Tampa Bay the last week of the season. I don't think they match up against the Islanders or the Bruins anymore, no, do they? No, they don't play them anymore, no. But yeah. the Islanders play the uh, Tampa and Boston again, so it's... Yeah, so it's going to be a mad scramble. It's going to be a mad scramble from here till uh, here till the end of the playoffs. Uh Got my fingers crossed, Naz. Uh, this is the time of year when things, the Leafs haven't been in this position for a while. Uh, meaningful games <laughs> in April. Meaningful games in April, not March, in April. Meaningful games in April. They used to say that about the Blue Jays. Meaningful games in, in September. September. Uh, meaningful games in April. It's certainly going to be, uh, it's going to be a wild ride. Uh, Austin Matthews scored his 34th last night. Ties him for the Leaf uh, Leaf rookie record with Wendell Clark. So I would expect over the course of the next. Very impressed with Matthews last night. He did not quit from the opening whistle to the to the last second of the game. He worked that hard. This kid's amazing, amazing hockey player. What was the uh, better assessment of last night's game? What would, uh, what went wrong? Uh, let's let's forget about the Freddie Anderson part because when Freddie Anderson went out of the game, it was I believe it was two to one. And then Austin Matthews scored to tie. But I noticed from the stat sheet, from where I was, obviously it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm always checking my uh, checking my scoring updates and uh, drives my wife crazy. She doesn't like me uh, checking Leaf scores in the middle of uh, something, uh, some some function of some kind. But I was checking the scores last night as they were coming in, and I noticed one thing I noticed is every time the Leafs scored, the Sabres scored like 30 Bounce seconds right later. Bounce right back. And that's that's not good. That deflates the momentum. Like you score, it gives you momentum. You tie the game up. You let the other team score thirty seconds later. It totally deflates your momentum. The, the defense gave up too many too many giveaways. Too many giveaways in their own end. It was uh, they didn't play well last night at all. The D. 
I wouldn't blame the goalies on this. The, the D, D did not play well. But uh, Buffalo has a pretty good future there. They got some really good young players, Wally. They they might uh, they can straighten out their goaltending a bit. Uh, although Laner played well last night, they might be pretty good in the next they, couple of years. You know what? Uh, I I foresee the uh, the Leafs and the and the Buffalo Sabers establishing. It's this and especially when you when you know I see the reports and I see the pictures from last night's game and there's it seems like there's more Toronto Maple Leaf fans. Uh, watching at uh, in the Buffalo uh, in the Buffalo Arena, than there are Buffalo fans. I mean, the blue and white is just you know it's ubiquitous throughout that whole arena. Um, I see the makings of an incredible rivalry over the course of the next five ten years. We've got our core of uh, we've got our core of Matthews and Marner and Nylander, and they've got their core. They've got Eichel, and Eichel's one hell of a player. He, he sort of gets lost. Maybe maybe not lost in Buffalo, because I'm sure they appreciate the talent that they have. But he gets lost in the in, in you know in the in the discussion when you you know between Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews, and uh, you know, uh, and some reason you know Jack Eichel maybe at this point in time uh, isn't considered at that level, but. Uh, he, don't like he, his antics after the after the goal last night. Uh, I'll let him have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> he's playing in his home rink. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Excuse my language. <laughs> uh, he's playing in his home rink. He's he's rubbing it into a little bit of the Toronto fans. We'll get even when we get him back in Toronto. Well, they know. go to Buffalo a week Monday. That should be a big game. So it should be interesting. What they oh, do that's it. gonna be that's we gonna get, be a war. I think uh, I think I'm gonna be scout. I'm gonna be scouring StubHub for a couple. Naz, you and I are gonna go down to that game. We're gonna head down the QEW, and uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna we're, we're gonna put on we're gonna put on my 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 Davy Keon sweater, and you can put on your uh, blue and white sweater. We're gonna head down there, and we're gonna watch the Leafs pummel the Sabers in Buffalo in the next game. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. It, it should be an interesting game a week Monday. They play right in Buffalo, seven o'clock start. Uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a war that game. Uh, if there's nothing Buffalo fans would like, would be to be able to knock the Toronto Maple Leafs out of a playoff uh, or make life more difficult for the blue and white. I'm sure Buffalo fans would love that. Just like we'd like to return the favor at some point in time. We could talk about this Toronto-Buffalo rivalry, uh, which is, uh, hasn't been much of a rivalry because the Leafs haven't been, uh, haven't been, haven't been to that party in a long time. But, uh, I think it's going to be a fun next five years, the next five to 10 years. Cause I think Toronto and Buffalo are two young teams on the march. We've got to go to break. Uh, right after the break, we'll be talking to one of golf, uh, one of Canada's preeminent golf coaches. That, of course, is Ralph Bauer. Ralph Bauer is the coach of Adam Hadwin, who is Canada's shining star right now on the men's professional tour. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville wondered who makes the best Ponzo. After exhaustive and highly scientific research. We asked three customers and a guy named Cheech. We have concluded that Pizzaville makes the best Ponzo in town. There you have it. You can't argue with facts. Maybe I should run for president. Call Pizzaville for a Ponzo at 7363636, not 7363636. If you live and breathe basketball, Saturday's just got a whole lot better. Brand new to Yes TV. 
The Canadian Basketball League is a new home of great basketball action in Canada. Playing every Saturday on Yes TV. Good players, great basketball, international rules. Watch the full coverage live every Saturday at 8 p.m. on Yes TV. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And once again, a reminder, if you're listening in downtown Toronto... And all those tall buildings are uh, affecting your signal. You can also tune us in on 96.7 FM. And internet streaming, you can find us on the internet also at www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, Ralph Bauer. Ralph is one of Canada's preeminent golf coaches and certainly has been in the sporting news lately. Uh, he's got some uh, PGA Tour players, uh, Kyle Stanley, Adam Hadwin, Nick Taylor, Lucas Glover that he's coaching, but the big news lately has been the emergence uh, on the uh, PGA Tour of Adam Hadwin. Ralph, good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. It's our pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, first of all, congratulations uh, on uh, obviously on the work you're doing with Adam Hadwin, and also the tremendous work you're doing with uh, you know you, you know you get you get the press for doing all this great work with professional players. But I'm sure you're just as proud uh, of all of those uh, Canadians that you've sent that you've helped obtain golf scholarships in the United States, and the 25. Golf Associated of Ontario Provincial Championship winners that you've helped and the countless, countless, I'm sure, golf students, people like me who have a passion for the game of golf that you've helped up, helped over the years. So certainly congratulations, and uh, we're thrilled to have you this morning. Okay, well, thanks. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun working with, uh, working with those guys. And, you know, I uh, just got back from Adam's wedding. That, that was a lot of fun. And, uh happy to report that you know he's he's happily married now that's fantastic tell a little bit about adam uh adam uh i, I take it got married on on friday in arizona if i'm not mistaken and uh has had to delay uh, uh, tell us the story uh ralph has had to delay his honeymoon because i guess when he booked all of this uh perhaps he hadn't anticipated where he would be in two weeks time yeah well he you know to give him credit though he, he did uh book refundable flights just in case he didn't qualify for Augusta. So uh, he, he was thinking ahead. But, 
you know, they're, they're pretty excited. You know, they're you know, obviously a nice young couple and uh, pretty excited about going to Augusta uh, next week for the Masters, for his first Masters. Uh, certainly. Uh, we're thrilled as Canadians to see this, uh, this breakthrough from Adam and, of course, not only Adam and Mackenzie Hughes, and for the first time since 1968, we're going to have three Canadians at the Masters. So that's, uh, that's, a, that's an achievement. But going back to Adam, uh, Ralph, you've worked without him. Uh, over the course of uh, of time, and uh, tell us what uh, uh, tell us what uh, what led to uh, what led to the breakthrough this year. He's uh, obviously won at Valspar. He had a gr- great performance at Bay Hill, um, and we're hoping for tremendous things from him at Augusta. Uh, what uh, to, what do you, uh, what's the what's been the difference in his game? Well, I'll tell you, you know he's had a good year when you, when you don't even mention the 59. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was coming. As, 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 you, as you said, there are more people who have walked on the moon than have shot 59 in a PGA golf tournament. So my apologies. It, it's on my note sheet. It, it, is an, it is an accomplishment of incredible proportions. So thanks for reminding yeah. me about that. Um, you know, Adam's... Adam's kind of an overnight sensation that's been working on for you know years and years, right? He he works very hard. He's I, I will say about the Canadians on the PGA Tour that they're great guys. You know, as soon as as soon as uh, you know a rookie like McKenzie comes out, you know they make make sure you know that they're playing all their practice rounds with um, you know, telling him where to stay, um, you know, helping him out. Adam's no exception. I mean, Adam's you know does a great job with you know, the young pros in BC and anybody he can, you know, find help out. He, he does a great job with that. I, I think, you know, in, in terms of his recent success, you know, it's, it's been building. He's got a great short game. Uh, you know, he works hard. You know, our, our first session together, he said, you know, just, just so you know, like I'm the type of person that likes putting together Ikea furniture. So he's very detail orientated, uh, you know, and just is relentless with his work habits. And, and I'd say he's probably, you know, one of the top five, practicers you know on the pj tour and and he's not going to show up anywhere without being prepared and you know we're looking forward to going down to augusta and you know doing the same thing you know down there that you know we, we do every week which should be fun ralph he, he shot 59 when you shoot 59 that's a awesome score but his putting must be top notch right now i I've, I've seen him played last two weekends and his putting has been tremendous what's happened with his putting yeah he's just a he just it's, it's, I mean, he's just a good putter, but he, he's worked his way into that. Um, he wasn't kind of born with it. Um, and, you know, he's made, made it a, a huge priority. He practiced, you know, basically his putting practice comes first, and he's going to work everything else around that. And, uh, uh, you know, that's kind of been the reason why he's been so successful. He, he you know, he prioritizes it does a great job with it and you know great putters uh you know build that confidence i I feel like slowly over time and you know he's done a good job with that we're talking to ralph bauer ralph is of course the uh the coach of uh canada's superstar on the uh, pga tour right now adam hadwin ralph golf's always been a big part of our show here on the naz and wally sports are we've had uh we've had uh uh, contributor uh sean clement who's contributed quite a bit to our show We've talked to Brandel Chambly, and we, I, I'm more of a technician than perhaps Naz is, uh, and I'm always constantly uh, searching out uh, 
golf philosophies and uh, golf swings and those types of things. Tell us what's the strength. What what do you what do you work with in terms of Adam's swing? Do you have a particular philosophy of the golf swing, and what's the strength of Adam's Adam's golf swing? Break it down for us. Yeah. So, um, you, you know, we we work hard on his setup. You know, and his alignment, making sure you know that's a variable that you can control, and we try to make sure that's perfect every time. Uh, him and his caddy do a great job. Um, you know, of trying to get make sure his his, his setup is is perfect all the time. Outside of that, we try to make sure that is uh i i feel like the, the the bigger the muscle group the more importance we should play we, we should uh uh we should prior we should make sure it's, it's a higher priority and you know so we've done a good job of maintaining his spine angle throughout his golf swing and just keeping his you know his his uh big muscles in a position where he can deliver the club so um he's 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 done he's done a good good great job of that supporting that in the gym you know, so he's he's sneaky uh, athletic. He's he's very athletic, and uh, I, I guess my philosophy is just trying to keep you know get a perfect setup every time, and you know let his natural abilities take over from there. He, he has changed his uh, demeanor on the course, though. He used to get upset quite often, and uh, he's very calm now. What what made him change? Um, I, I feel like he's got a pretty good direction on where his you know where his game's headed you know and and he's getting a little bit more confidence in his game so that he knows we're all going to make mistakes and he's got the ability now to recover from those um you know his 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 chippings you know his short game work is 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 quite a bit better and so he doesn't get as upset with himself cuz he knows he can you know he can turn it around and save par or you know make some birdies coming you know coming in and and uh you know, he just—I just feel like he's got a little bit better direction on, you know, where his where his golf game's headed. Uh, we're talking to Ralph Bauer. Ralph, of course, is the coach for Adam Hadwin. Ralph, uh, uh, we'll talk a little bit about you and in, in your career. You know, you're down in Simcoe, Ontario, this morning. That's where you, uh, where we got a hold of you, and that's, uh, you know, that's where you do quite a bit of work. Um, but you've had some success with some PGA Tour pros now that uh, they've had some success and they certainly bringing you into the limelight. Of course, the Adam Hadwin and Nick Taylor and David Hearn, uh, Kyle Stanley and David Glover. But uh, the success uh, uh, of the uh, this generation of Canadian PGA Tour pros, certainly the ones that uh, that you're coaching, what does that mean for Ralph Bauer? Obviously, that that results in a phone call from us on a Sunday morning. But uh, uh, what does that mean for you? Uh, well, it's it's a great job. Um, you know, I kind of realized that you know coming home from the wedding that wouldn't be able to do my job if I didn't really like the guys I work with. Um, you know, great group of guys. It, it's it's fun for me to get to work with the best uh, trainers, the the best psychologists. You know, the 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 top of the field. You know, in in golf, it's it's obviously a lot of fun for me to get to work with the the best athletes and and the best uh, support staff. You know, in in the world, which uh, you know, when I was drawing up my career, I wouldn't have. Um, you know, thought I would uh, get get here, but you know, it's certainly a lot of fun, a uh, lot, lot of fun doing it. And I uh, just uh, just in a totally uh, related but different area. This you know, and uh, want our listeners to know that it's uh, you know, you teach P 
PGA Tour pros, but you you know you are heavily involved in in golf in Canada. You are assistant coach of Canada's national men's team. Um, you're involved with Golf Canada. You were at the Olympics, if I'm not mistaken. You actually caddied for. Did you caddy for Adam Hadwin at the Olympics? No, I caddied for David Hearn. Oh, David Hearn. Sorry. Yeah, and you know the Olympics was, was a great experience. I, the caddies got treated. We got to stay in the athletes village. So to get to stay in the athletes village in in Canada House for for a coach was just an unbelievable experience for anybody. It'd be an unbelievable experience. But I mean, it was it was an amazing experience. And uh, you know, stayed with uh, Graham, me, Graham, David, and uh, uh, Graham's caddy. Uh, you know, had a a great time. Ralph, uh, Lucas Glover seems to be, uh, he's, he's trying to turn it around. After winning the U.S. Open, in, I think in 2002, he is now trying to turn it around. What do you do with a guy like Lucas Glover? Do you start right from the beginning again, or what do you do to, to turn him around? Well, you know, I've been fortunate since, since I started working with Lucas. I think he's won, uh, you know, a couple million dollars and, and is 18th on the, on the FedEx Cup or 19th on the FedEx Cup, something like that. And, you know, he's... He's playing really very good golf. He's just, uh, you know, he's hitting well. He's putting it well. He's just playing good golf. He's, you know, I was lucky. I, I mean, he's he won the U.S. Open before he met me, so he he's a very good player. Um, I would, you know, I hope he's not listening. But I mean, I've learned more <laughs> from him than than he has from me. Uh, I'm sure over the last couple of years. But uh, uh, it, you know, it's it's great for for me as a coach to be able to you know kind of. You know, get inside the the mind of of a of a guy who's, you know, won a major. And you know, last year at the U.S. Open, it was kind of fun doing the walking the practice rounds with Lucas. Um, you know, and and kind of, I mean, I'm supposed to be helping him, but I'm getting insight into how a, a major champion prepares. You know, at 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 a, at a major, which you know will be you know I'll be using that. Uh, next week with Adam. So, you know, look, I'm, I'm glad I got that experience with Lucas, who's, uh, you know, again, a great guy. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun for me to work with him for sure. Um, we're, we're talking to Ralph Bauer. Ralph, uh, one last question, then we'll let you go. Um, it's, uh, it seems like we're, we may be, uh, this might, you know, it might be a golden age of Canadian golf coming. Uh, hopefully the, the momentum that we've gotten from Adam Hadwin, from uh, David Hearn, who's been knocking on the door, from uh, Mackenzie Hughes, from Graham Dillette. Um, there are a lot of Canadians that are uh, achieving success on a PGA Tour-wise, a lot of Canadians achieving success in the U.S. college system. Um, you're, uh, you're, uh, you've got the pulse on Canadian golf probably as well as anybody else in this country. Uh, is, are we headed into a golden age for Canadian golf? What is the state of the Canadian golf uh, uh, feeder system right now. Yeah, I, I I think that's that's a fair way of uh, fair way of putting it. You, you know the, the the competition isn't getting any easier though. Uh, you, you look around the world and boy, there, there's a lot of good golfers in the world. Um, you know, it, it's fun to see you know guys like Adam and, and Mac and Mackenzie and and uh, you know when and let's not forget about Brooke Henderson. <laughs> well, Brooke Henderson's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you know well, what she's done is. Is uh, you know certainly much. Somebody asked me if if you know if Adam was leading the way. I was like, well, clearly not. You know, Brooke certainly is. Um, you know, at her age, she got to number two in the world. Uh, established herself as you know certainly one of the, one a major. I mean, that's that's you know that's awesome. Um, you know, and, and hopefully that translates into 
you know, more young girls, you know, taking up the sport, you know, and, and, uh, you know, realize, realizing that, you know, we can be competitive, you know, with anybody in the world. So I, I feel like, you know, Brooke doing that, you know, you know, Adam and Mackenzie winning, you know, Adam shooting the 59, you know, it shows that, you know, people can grow up in Canada and, um, you know, still become, you know, best in the world. Anyways, we've been talking to Ralph. Ralph, are you uh, you you heading down to Augusta at all? Are you? Uh... I am. I'm I'm going to yep. Houston Open for a few days. Yeah. Um, and then uh, gonna go. The the only time I can get on the golf course, they have, they have funny rules for coaches. Okay. So me me and Adam are gonna walk a practice round together on uh, next Sunday, and then uh, you know I'll, I'll be staying for a few days. But uh, looking forward to walking the the golf course. Uh, you know, next Sunday. That's with, fa- with Adam and his caddy. That's certainly fantastic. Ralph, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We wish, uh, we obviously give our best to Adam. We wish him all the best. We'll be rooting for him. We'll be rooting for you. And uh, uh, to me, Master Sunday is is the, when spring arrives, and I'm looking forward to it. And all I can say is thanks for this morning, and we wish you guys all the best. Thank you very much. It's our pleasure. Thank you so much. That was uh, Ralph Bauer. Adam Hadwin's been doing some fantastic things this year on the PGA Tour, Naz, and uh, you know what? Uh, a lot of people are glued to the TV sets now, for yeah, sure. Yeah, certainly a lot of Canadians. There are a lot of yeah. Canadians. You watch some of these PGA Tour events, and Adam's in contention, and you look at the fans, and there's you see Canadian flags. So uh, I'm a huge golf fan, as you are, Naz, and uh, we'll be certainly rooting for Adam and Mackenzie and also Mike Weir uh, at the Masters. We've got to go to break. We'll be right back after the break with New York Islander, Los Angeles King legend, Butch Goring. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realised that people may not know how many different kinds of ponzos Pizzaville makes. You can go Italian if you like a sausage. You can go Hawaiian if you like ham and pineapple. And you can go Canadian if you like bacon, beer and hockey. We can build a ponzo that speaks your language, no matter where you are from. Call Pizzaville at 736-3636 or visit pizzaville.ca. CBLTickets.com is how you get your family up close and in the action. Canada is the new home for up-and-coming basketball talent. Good players, great basketball, international rules. Watch the Canadian Basketball League and make an exciting sports night for the whole family that won't break the bank. Go to cbltickets.com and purchase tickets starting as low as $15.50. cbltickets.com. Give the gift of basketball. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. 
The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740 and also we're also on 96.7 FM. We're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour New York Islander legend, Los Angeles King legend, and uh, now a color commentator the, for the New York Islanders on the New York Islander broadcast. Of course, we're talking about Butch Goring. Good morning, Butch. How are you this morning? I'm doing well, thanks, and hope the same is for you guys. Well, uh, we're probably about equal to uh, what you guys are this morning. You guys, uh, the Islanders didn't get the result that they wanted last night, and the Toronto Maple Leafs didn't get the result that we wanted last night. But we'll we'll talk first about uh, we'll talk first about the Islanders, Butch. Uh, I know you do. Uh, you're uh, on the pulse of all things New York Islanders. Uh, where your Islanders, Bruins, and Maple Leafs are fighting over what it appears to be one, one or two possibly playoff spots. How are the Islanders shaping up, and what happened last night? Well, I listen. It, it's a battle. There's no doubt about it. And you mentioned you did mention Tampa Bay Lightning, who oh, played very well, and, yep. and uh, so they're right on the cusp. Even the Hurricanes have come out of nowhere, and they've kind of snuck in a little bit now, and are sort of nipping at everybody's heels. So. You know what? Every every game is so difficult, and uh, everybody knows exactly what's at stake. And and um, I think it's just an impossible task to win each and every game. When you know, when you look at the certainly the parity of all, all these teams. But you know, for for the Islanders last night, I, I thought that, that uh, really the Boston Bruins came in and played a terrific defensive game. I thought it was a great road game. I thought they got very good goaltending, some timely saves. Obviously, uh, a couple of goals from Riley Nash, who's you know pretty much a fourth liner, and came up big. For them last night, and uh, and and for the Islanders, I, I thought uh, you know three games in four nights, uh, I thought it caught up to them a little bit. I thought that they were not as sharp as they had been. They didn't have the same jump that they certainly had in, in Pittsburgh the night before. And when you're playing that condensed schedule, uh, there are going to be nights where uh, it's just you know it's just not going to be there for you. And I thought that was really the case. I thought there was a decent enough effort. Uh, they made a couple of mistakes that they paid the price for. Uh, but overall, I, I thought, um, you know, given the circumstances, I thought the performance was was okay. Butch, they've been uh, one of the better teams in the last 30 games. They started off really poorly, the Islanders have been. They, they've come on. What's the difference in the team? I, I, I think the coaching change has really helped. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I think they were playing just okay hockey, uh, pretty much around the 500 mark, which as you know, doesn't get it done in, uh, in, in this league at this time anymore, not for making the playoffs. And I think Doug Wade has done a ter- tremendous job in getting everybody's attention, uh, his, uh, his focus uh, with, uh, with players uh, on a one-on-one basis. Uh, his communication, is, I think, has really helped this particular hockey club. And, and uh, I just think that that's been a real difference maker for him. He's, uh, you know, the instant uh, that he kind of took over, um, I think he can't commanded a different type of respect than, uh, than Jack Capuano had, um, you know, given Doug's career. And, and um, I think he's uh, he had a purpose and he had certain things he wanted to change. And, and it's, it's all been good. Um, uh, Butch, there's two young players in the New York Islander system that uh, 
have uh, reputations in the Toronto minor hockey area. They were superstars of the the Greater Toronto Hockey League, and they're uh, they're in the in the Islander system. One of them whom has just been called up, Joshua Hosang, and of course the other gentleman is Michael Del Cole, who's down on the AHL team. Tell us how uh, tell I know they're uh, to our listeners in Toronto. We want to know how how they're doing because they've been stars in the Toronto area since they were three years old. Uh, how are how's Josh Hosang doing with the Islanders and uh, Michael Del Cole down in the AHL? Well, I, I have to say he's taken the National Hockey League by storm. I mean, what he's uh, been accomplishing and the and the way he has played, uh, I, I think, has not only surprised people, I think, it has shocked people. I think that um, everybody understood that this guy was a very talented individual and obviously had some growing up to do. Uh, has played uh, played pretty good in the American Hockey League. He wasn't dominating, I would say, and but he was learning some lessons along the way. But he has uh, really injected uh, some energy into uh, the uh, the way the team plays. He has been, uh, and I use this term lightly, but he has been dominant at different times. I mean, he's a guy that uh, loves to carry the puck, but uh, he's a very very good skater. But uh, more importantly, the uh, the confidence that he has played with and, and the ability to make uh, unbelievably good passes and and he does his he makes his decisions so quick and and he has been just a real force a real pleasure to watch i mean he's becoming a fan favorite in a real big hurry so he's been uh he's been great he's made a tremendous impression he has i believe he has the coat uh, the confidence of the coaches and uh, they play him in a lot of situations four on four overtime power play so uh, I don't think uh, I think things could not be any better if you're Josh Hosang because uh, he's just uh, been unbelievable here. And Del Cole, I understand, is, is progressing. Uh, they like what he's doing in uh, um, in the minors. Uh, you know, I didn't see him up here this year. Obviously, I don't follow the minors as much as you know. Obviously, the management does. But I'm talking about him and wondering what's happening with him. They they like his progress and. They said much the same thing about uh, Josh Hosang as they liked his progress. And that's why I say I think everybody is just very, very surprised, obviously very happy, but very surprised with, uh, with the impact of, uh, of Hosang. Question about the goaltending. Uh, Halak was brought up and he played against the Penguins. He played very well in that. Are they going with Halak as the number one goalie for the rest of the year or is that going to be switched back and forth? Well, Doug Wade was very adamant the other day uh, that uh, Thomas Grice is the number one goaltender, and, and as such, that's the way uh, you know things will be evaluated from a game, you know from a game to game standpoint. Uh, uh, there's no doubt that Halak played very, very played tremendous in the minors, acted like a true professional, went down where some guys might have talked. He didn't. He dug down and decided he was going to play and find a way to get back, and he's accomplished that, and then had an outstanding game. Um, did his job and involved in the win for the team against Pittsburgh. And, you know, with the number of games, I suspect that uh, Halak will be back in net, uh, you know, particularly with the back-to-back game with, I think, Philly and New Jersey coming up next uh, Thursday, Friday, I believe it is. So, um, but but Geis is the guy. He played well last night. It, uh, it had nothing to do with him. Both goals were, were good goals, and uh, he was at times made some spectacular saves. But uh, Thomas Geis has earned the right to be called number one, but I think... I think with the situation the way it is now, certainly Halak has given Doug Waite uh, a little more confidence in playing his backup goaltender. We're talking to uh, L.A. King, New York Islander legend, uh, Butch Goring. I think you a little bit of a stint with the Boston Bruins, but we remember you more as an Islander and as an L.A. King, Butch. Um, 
We're thrilled to have you on this morning. And uh, when Naz told me he had arranged to, to speak to you, there's three things that came into my mind thinking about Butch Goring. And uh, Naz and I are old enough to remember all of these. Uh, there's three <laughs> iconic images oh, of... One of, the, one of the few people have seen uh, with, <laughs> I, I don't know how much you know about Toronto, Butch, but uh, we're called uh, we're called Zoomer Radio uh, up here. We appeal to a certain demographic, and uh, it's, it's a little bit more at the tail end of the spectrum than at the early end of the spectrum. We'll just leave it at that but uh we certainly uh i certainly watched a lot of a lot of you playing and certainly respected your abilities and uh i have three images three iconic remembrances of butch goring and i'm sure you probably have figured out one of them but i'll tell you the other i'll tell you the other two and i like your comments on the butch obviously the helmet you're known for the helmet uh and we'll talk about that now just before we come back to that i'll tell you the other two Apparently, Mike Bossy seems to feel that you're the, you're the guy who came up with the playoff beard, the first guy with the playoff beard, and we'll talk about that. And, of course, you are the iconic, you're the reason that trade deadline day has become uh, almost a national holiday in Canada. Uh, <laughs> so let's, let's, let's take those one at a time. I want to go back to the sure. helmet. Uh, it, you know, in this, this is what hockey, I've said it, and I've said it to Naz, and, and I've said it on the air a zillion times. In a certain way, what professional sports is missing today is the personality of the athlete on the ice. Of course, in the old days, you know, Guy Lafleur with his when he's skating up the ice at full speed and his hair is blown, and and the athletes had personality on the ice. And of course, Butch Goring, it was that helmet, Butch. And I guess there was probably two of them, home and away. Tell us where the helmet came from, and tell us where those helmets are today. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, and I, and I and I agree with you. I mean, certainly back in the '60s and in the '70s, when everybody, uh, you know, very few people had helmets on. That uh, there was a personality of that flair and the long hair and and uh, and and, and the ability to be able to identify hockey players. Because now it's tough with the helmets and the shields and all that. But you know, I I, I mean, uh, I played my minor hockey in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and uh, it, you know, the rules were: as a minor hockey league player, you had to wear a helmet. So. Um, obviously, um, I was able to acquire one, and I, I got that helmet. It's called the Spats helmet, actually. It's from Sweden originally. Uh, I got it about, I believe it was 1962, and uh, I, I got that type of helmet because we played outdoors, and, and, then, and all of you guys know how cold Winnipeg can be during the wintertime, and so we all wore hoodies, and this helmet fit right over my hoodie. So uh, <laughs> not, only, not, not only did it offer protection, but uh, you know, I was able to stay warm, which was just as important. And, uh, you know, as the years progressed and then right up into, uh, into pro hockey, uh, it, it became a part of me. It was almost like it was my skates and my gloves and, and my helmet. So, uh, you know, I was comfortable with it. It never bothered me. It wasn't hot. I didn't offer a whole lot of protection. It just, it, it just, it was there. Uh, much like most of my equipment didn't offer a lot of protection. So uh, I just, you know, for me, I just, I just kept it on and, and it never, it never dawned on me to take it off. I just, you know, it wasn't I was thinking, oh, geez, it's going to protect my head because that wasn't going to happen. Um, so it was just became a part of me. And uh, and now the helmets, uh, the helmets are at home. They're uh, they're sitting here on uh, on my mantle, and uh, you know they're 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 retired like uh, like I am. <laughs> I think they should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame, but that's just my personal opinion. The playoff beard, Butch, are you? Well, let me add that one point. Sorry, go ahead. Because, uh, they 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 
they have asked for them, not not recently. Uh, the Hall of Fame asked for, for the helmets if they could have put them in because they thought they were such a unique part of the NHL for for a while. But I told them it was a package deal, so that's. Why <laughs> hey, you know what? You could convince me to vote for you. I I'll thought, vote I'd, for you I'd too. vote for you, Butch. The the playoff beard. Are you? Is that? Is Mike Bossy right? Are were you the actually the first playoff beard? Well, I got to be honest with you. I, I don't think I stood up in the dressing room and said, "Hey, guys, we got to wear a beard here." <laughs> I think that uh, uh, you know what happened is that I, I wore a beard. Uh, you know, once the playoffs started, I, and I just you know didn't grow one. And, and I think everybody else kind of you know looked at me as like, "Oh, what you know, what's he doing there?" And uh, we need to get on the bandwagon. And and I just did it because I you know it was just sort of like. A, I don't like to shave anyway, but B, <laughs> is that I, I just, you know, I wanted to focus every day to, to say, um, I, I know I'm wearing, you know, I know I am not shaving. It wasn't so much I got a beard. It's I know I'm not shaving because, you know, I've got a, I'm on a mission here, and the mission is I want to win a Stanley Cup. So as long as I woke up every morning and saw this image of myself, I knew it was good. I knew things were good because we're still involved. And that, and that and it really is, I guess, that simple. And uh, the last last one that I remember, of course, is the infamous trade. Uh, Bill Torrey arranged it, uh, which put the New York Islanders over the top and, quite frankly, led to four incredible championship, uh, Stanley Cup championships. That, of course, was the uh, playoff deadline, uh, the, sorry, the trade deadline trade in, in 1980, where you went from L.A. to the Islanders, and that's the one they hold up forever for the last 37 years as the trade as the trade deadline trade that shows that that it can make a difference as history shows that was probably one of the few ones that actually did make a difference but uh your recollections of uh of that particular trade the day you you found out about it and your thoughts about moving to moving to the Islanders after all those after those after a great run you had in LA I, I remember that time frame uh, very well, as you can well imagine. It was a pretty emotional time for me because I was uh, really at the beginning of a long-term contract with the L.A. Kings and, and certainly would have never signed a long-term deal with L.A. had I known they were going to trade me about a year later. So um, I was quite upset with the whole deal. I, I was in Montreal. We uh, had just finished the game against the Canadians, and, uh, and Bob Berry, who was the coach, told me right after the game that uh, I had been traded to uh, – the New York Islanders, and I, 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 a couple of things went through my mind right away. One, I was kind of in shock a little bit. I couldn't believe it because there had been no talk about me being traded for uh, three, four months anyway. And uh, and then I was really angry because, uh, as I said, I, I uh, all my friends and family were back in L.A. I was very close with my teammates, and and so I was uh, really quite upset and really gave no thoughts as to where I was going. And uh, But the next day, obviously, I flew out the next morning and into Long Island to play a game. And, um, you know, and then I started thinking about, okay, well, you know, I can control certain elements of my career, and trade, you know, trading is not one of them. And uh, I, I knew about the New York Islanders. I mean, uh, I had played hockey and, uh, in the L.A. organization, Springfield, with Billy Smith and John Potvin. So... There was two guys there that I, you know, that I certainly had a little bit of a couple of friends there. Uh, but the New York Islanders, um, you know, were a great hockey team. I mean, they had won the, the, I don't know if they call it the President's Cup at that point in time, but they were the best team in the league during the regular season. And so, uh, you know, I quickly started thinking, you know, uh, I've got a chance to win a Stanley Cup now where it didn't look like that was going to happen in L.A., certainly during my career. 
and uh, started to get a little excited about that that prospect. Uh, but uh, um, that was a, diff- uh, a very difficult time for me. Um, and then you know what I tell people, you know, it's it's not easy being traded because it's it is tough on your own family and and all your friends back in uh, back in L.A. But there's two people that left the New York Islanders, and and so they left a lot of friends behind. They left and teammates behind. So. You know, when you go to another team, um, you got to get accepted by that that team. They got to they got to find a reason to to like you or or to justify the trade. And, and fortunately for me, is that uh, we went eight zero and four, and so that made the transition uh, a lot easier. But uh, certainly, guys like Kyle Gailey's and Bob Bourne, they they lost a couple of real close friends, and that's the tough part of hockey. So. I think people sometimes forget about what goes on. It's not just uh, you know going to play for somebody. It's just you know having to be accepted and having to have success. That makes life a lot easier. Butch, back in that time, you can you describe Al Arbor as a coach? Yeah, very easily. Uh, again, knowing the Islanders and playing against them periodically, uh, I knew exactly what Al was all about. And I, and I used to kid Al about it, uh, and, and Bob Polk, for that matter, is they're from the Toronto Maple Leaf organization, so. They they play that clutch and grab and very close checking game and and you got to be able to play in in your own zone if you're going to play for either one of these guys and uh, so fortunate for me I played five years for Bob Pulford so I, I knew all about my own zone I spent enough time in practice to, I think that's where I used to be able to sleep and, and be comfortable with it and Al was much the same way Al was a guy that uh, didn't say a whole lot but when he did say something uh, you better pay attention uh, because he was coming from the heart. And uh, and by the time I got to the team, I mean uh, these guys were were all in the in the right pecking order, and and they understood what Al Arbor was about, and Al had imposed his his rules and his way about him. So everybody's ears were always up, you know, whenever Al was uh, you know had something to say. So uh, Al was good to me. He didn't say a whole lot to me. Uh, he let me play my game. He uh, he understood exactly what I could bring as uh, as far as on the ice. And uh, so he was, uh, for me, a very easy guy to work with. But uh, I understood his game. It's, uh, you know, it, it wasn't complicated. It was just, you know, make sure you, you do the right thing in the right areas of the ice, and, uh, and then things would be good. Anyways, uh, Butch, uh, we've been talking to Butch Goring, of course, uh, who's now a color commentator on the New York Islander broadcasts. And, uh, Butch, it's, it's certainly been a pleasure and a privilege for us to speak to you this morning. We've got a chance to talk about uh, the Islanders and the Bruins and the Leafs, and we got a chance to talk about uh, we've got a chance to talk to go talk about Butch Goring and a little little pleasurable trip down memory lane. Uh, certainly left a lot of good memories, a lot of good images for a lot of uh, a lot of fans. Uh, so we really really appreciate your time, and we wish you all the best. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it, and uh, you know, buckle up. It's still going to be a pretty good run down the road for everybody. Thank you so much, Butch. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank you. That, of course, was uh, was Butch Goring. Butch Goring. Uh, he still has the helmet. He still has the helmet. I tell you, those helmets should be in the he Hockey Hall a lot of Fame. Money. They, uh, I, it's not the ma- it's not the money, Naz. It's the memories. <laughs> That's for it's sure. certainly the memories and Butch. Uh, Butch was uh, he was just you know he, he, in in a lot of ways he was uh, I wouldn't put him in the class of a David Keon, uh, but in, I, he was the kind of player you needed to win. Uh, I mean, I have distinct memories of him more so, yeah, you know, in the, in in the L.A. King uniform, but on those championship New York Islander teams, he was just. You know, he was one of those role players who who could play. He could get you a goal when you needed it. He'd kill penalties. Um, 
You know, Ron Ellis was once quoted, uh, they asked Ron Ellis about Dave Keon and said what was, uh, and, and Ron Ellis's quote about Dave Keon was, he was just the type of player you needed to win. And that was Butch Goring. He, yeah, really, he really was. Um, you know, he's, you know, I don't know if he ever made an all-star team, uh, but he just filled so many roles and he brought it every single night and, you know, put his heart and soul uh, out, out there on the ice and made the, and as far as I'm concerned, made the Islanders, I mean, the Islanders were, I mean, you know, the Islanders had talent, let's be fair. I mean, if you had Dennis Potvin and you had Brian Trotche and you had Mike Bossy, you had talent. But uh, I'm not so sure they would have had the success they had without the guys like Nystrom. Tonelli. Tonelli. That was a big one. He was a big one. Butch Goring. I always thought, uh, I always thought Bourne was a great player. Uh, and Goring, yeah, you just, you know, Al Arbor, throw him over the boards and, you know, he'd, he'd do whatever you wanted him to do and just a classy player. And um, just, as Ron Ellis said, just the type of player you needed to win. Three minutes left, Naz. Uh, going to be a big week for the Leafs. Yeah, uh, Florida Tuesday. And then they have uh, Detroit, I think, on Saturday night. And we're waited for we're waited Buffalo with, week Monday. We're waited with bated breath to see what the condition is of Frederick Anderson. We've got a couple of minutes left. Just want to turn it over, just a, a quick a quick minute or so, with and turn it over and talk about the Raptors uh, for a couple of minutes. Um, they won last night, and they there's no question that they will have a home game in their first playoff series. We don't know who they're going to be facing yet. Um, there's there's a, a bunch of teams behind them. Milwaukee, looks like, Atlanta, there's yeah, a few of them. Looks like the Raptors will fill the three or the four slot in the conference. I'm not so sure. I mean, the interesting part about the Celtics are half a game behind behind Cleveland. So, you know, everybody's saying Cleveland's got the number one spot. They ain't so sure anymore about that. So, Since and the, the Raptors trade, are only three behind. Here's a stat for you. Since the trade deadline, the Cleveland Cavaliers are the worst team in the NBA defensively. What's going on? Something's going on. We've got to get Butcher, Leo back. We've got to find what's going on. The worst team in the NBA defensively. That's and odd. And that is not going to win you championships. No, certainly not. But uh, you've got guys like LeBron James in the lineup. These, you know, LeBron can take over a game in a series all by himself, as he did last year. I mean, he, he just refused to lose against Golden State. They were down, and uh, he just said, you know, just strap the entire team, to, as he did during the entire playoffs. Uh, just straps, he just straps the entire team to his and back. And do you know that the Raptors are the best defensive team since the trade? Yeah, interesting, yeah. interesting. That's that's a that's a, a stat that doesn't receive a lot of uh, a lot of play or a, a lot of, of uh, a lot of publication. But uh, you want to win in the playoffs in the NBA. Uh, you know, certainly having a top tier defensive team goes a long way. And uh, they've been holding their own without Lowry. And uh, I don't know what the prospects of when he, when he's back. Has there been any announcement on that well, one, Well, there is an announcement. He was shooting yesterday, so they usually say two to three weeks afterwards. Probably tail end of the year. Yeah, well, that's, you know, I mean, he'll be, uh, hopefully he'll have a little bit, a few games to, to shake the rust off, and uh, but he should be rested. So hopefully he gets a few games to shake the rust off, get in, get in game shape, and... Uh, 
You know what? Uh, Raptors got their defense in a better position than they were last year. They get Lowry back. The Rosen's uh, on fire. And uh, you know what? They could cause a little bit of damage in the playoffs. Don't big sell them. Surge and Tucker were big uh, yeah, acquisitions. Don't sell them short. Anyways, it's been another fantastic week on the uh, Naz and Wally Sports. It's a pleasure talking to Ralph Bauer, coach for Adam Hadwin, and certainly a pleasure talking to Butch Goring. Uh, we're going to wish our listeners a fantastic week. Naz, have a fantastic week. We'll be back here again next Sunday morning at 9. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.